Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Peter Gorl, Senior Vice President of Client Experiences for TechBlocks, a company designed to help small, medium, and enterprise companies optimize their business in the digital world. A great example of the kind of work we do is the development of self-serve portals that empower our clients' customers by giving them online access to content and information that they'd ordinarily have to dig deeper through traditional channels of inquiry and call centers. My special guest today is Andrea Kahn, who is President and Chief Artistic Director of PetSpeak Portraits, based in one of my favorite places in North America, New York City of all things. I had the pleasure of actually meeting up uh, with uh, Andrea uh, a few weeks ago in October, so really, really got first-hand knowledge of this wonderful story that you're going to hear today. According to Andrea, dog was the first, sp- first spoken word. She recalls being pushed along in her stroller, gleefully noting passing dogs on their walks, and she insists they were like music. Each had a distinctly different melody, she says. From her stroller rides, she concluded what she still believes. Each animal is different than the other, a unique and valuable individual. Andrea herself graduated from the School of Visual Arts in New York City, became an art director, designed magazines, books, posters, and made lots of art. Having always loved the power of words, she shifted into a writing career, publishing dozens of award-winning short stories. Animals were often at the core of her writing, and of course, they remain at the forefront of her life today. Andrea suggests that each pet that has touched her life has enriched it so deeply, each in a totally unique way. She knew in her heart that no painted copy of a pet photo could ever capture that depth of the emotion. And so it's with that that Andrea decided to build out Pet Speak Portraits to fill that void. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. And it was, I gotta say, uh, uh, it was an even more fantastic pleasure to actually meet you in person a few weeks ago in New York. It City. was. It yeah. was lovely. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. Now, um, I, you know, the, for the audience' sake, they probably never heard of Pet Speak Portraits before, but and and I, I want to get uh, give you an opportunity, obviously, to speak about. Uh, mm-hmm. what it is and how it came about. But first, my first question I'd say uh, to you is how you even came up with the name Pet Speak? What, what, how how'd you come about that? You know, I just, the thing about the portraits that I do is that there's original language in them. And I felt like because I feel like each relationship between each human and their animal is so different 
from the other, um, that there's just something special to be spoken about each relationship. And because I was a writer, I thought, and also a very good listener, I thought that I could do that speaking for people by including the language in the portrait. So that's kind of how it evolved. Wow. Wow. Now, that, you know what, there are probably some people hearing, like, what do you mean, pet speaking? And and I know you, you know. You actually have a love for life, a love for people. I, I know that about you. But a really special love for for dogs in particular. But but there are people who are probably thinking, oh, she must be a dog whisperer or something like that. What What is it? What is, what's at the essence of, I, I, I mean, what, what's at the essence of this business and your feelings about it? I, I am finding that each, just like each individual is an individual, animals are markers of our lives. So ideally they stay in our lives for quite a while and you build a relationship with the animal. You, they're um, embedded in your family. They become part of your family. And they bear witness to the history of your life. So I have people come to me and they tell me they got a dog or a cat um, when they were married and they've since been widowed or they've remarried or they've done any number of things in their lives. They've moved. They've changed jobs. Um and your pet bears witness to that and still likes you, <laughs> regardless. Um, <laughs> well, they, they always say that a dog has got this, uh, this. What's I don't know what I can't remember the term. It's like this uncon. Yeah, there it is. Unconditional love for you, right? They know no. I think they know nothing else. That's very true. They, I think they really they want to serve, and um, they are working animals in so many different ways. There's so many service dogs um, around these days, which is very, very nice for everyone. Um, but I am very, very interested in people's stories, and I'm, I'm very discreet. Their stories are safe with me. Um, I've had some people who are sort of celebrity types, and I've had regular, lots of regular people. And, you know, privacy is very important. So what I say in the picture um, somehow represents their life, but isn't that uh, much of a giveaway that they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, I did see one in particular on your website, uh, um, a story about a pit bull. Do you recall yes. that story? And yes. You probably yes. do. Uh, can, are you able to highlight this? Sure. That's one of my favorites, and I actually use that as my uh, uh, half of my face and half of that dog as my um, image, my avatar on most social media platforms. Uh, Okay. Such as Facebook and Twitter, as you know, yeah. and um, other things too. And that dog was very interesting because a woman came to me. She has two other dogs now, um, and she's a parent, and she's very active in her community. Um, but at the time when she had that dog, which was years ago, the dog had since died 10 years before she commissioned the portrait, um, at that time, she was uh, sort of living La Vida Loca in Manhattan, and um, eventually that led to alcoholism and a lot of other struggles, and she basically saved that pit bull. Um, I think she bought it at a gas station from some people that were just selling them randomly, oh my God. and that dog would have definitely been a fighter had she not taken it, 
and the sort of she, the way she explained it to me, the responsibility of having this dog in her life and how much she loved him just changed everything, and it set her on a different path. Um, and so that was the dog that she wanted a portrait of. And what I wrote into that portrait was take me to the good inside myself because that she always was good, but having that dog in her life kind of proved it to her. And she knows that that was the start of her changing her direction. Did, so in a sense, did she kind of live, did she live vicariously through the dog or was the dog therapeutic to her? What, were your, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think she lived through the dog at all. I think she had someone to go home and feed for the first time. She had someone other than herself to take care of. Uh, And I think she actually started to care for herself in um, a a more positive way after while having the dog. And when she was young and she had the dog younger, they spent a lot of time at the beach. And so I positioned the dog at the beach the way she described it to me, like a sunset day after spending the day together. And I think... She became sober. She became in. Um, she became married. She has two children, um, and she's a very busy person. And she's wow. sober. That's amazing. That's amazing. What a great story. And and obviously to be able to kind of capture some of those elements and and then put it into a a, a legacy based archive like a, a painting. And wow, that's just well, amazing. Well, it's interesting because she. She framed it, and she had it put in a room that's a very restful room. And my intention was always to give her a picture that gave her strength. So mm. when she has hard times, ideally she she spends a little time with that picture. Yeah. Um, and there there have been many other pictures where that I've made that uh, they're just very personal to people. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, you know, we talked a little, and you, you mentioned, I mentioned uh, when I reading your your introduction about each animal being a very unique being, you know, much as humans are, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you know, because when you, you know, when people when people think of and look at dogs, they go, "Oh, it's a breed, right? Mm-hmm. It's a breed." Mm-hmm. So it's like they, all doxies look that way, all pit bulls look that way, right? But you're yeah. saying something else. Right, you're, you're I am, I, yeah. And actually, I think people get a lot of pleasure from buying, as my grandmother would have called it, like little breed tchotchkes, you know, little <laughs> doodads. Of a, if you have a dachshund, you want dachshund boxer shorts or, yeah, right. you know, dachshund hat. Um, but I, that's not for me at all. And Peck Portraits is incredibly different that way because I just don't do any kind of breed oriented art um i if it's a mutt if it's a beagle no matter what it is i see what's different about it and i spend a lot of i spend at least um a half an hour to an hour either skyping or video chatting or talking on the phone or if they're shy with the owner Mm -hmm. i do just a written interview with them and they can email me um, and I learn all about their life, and I ask them to send me as many pictures as they can, and I often find people send me videos. They send me everything, <laughs> but I don't copy them at all. I look at yeah. them, I think about them, and I put them away. Amazing. And I really do think for a while before I start, and yeah. then I start. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate the level of research that goes into, I, I'm a, as you know, uh, as a fellow artist, I mean, that's something that I do. I, I go on, I take pictures, and I, and I uh, you know, just yeah. to kind of remind me of the spot, but I, I hardly ever, I, ha- I hardly ever use the picture because I'm, I'm an impressionist, right? I think, I think you are yes, too, you know, yes. you've got, rather than a, a, a realistic art person, I'm an impressionist, so I, yeah. I, I really well, do have an appreciation for that. There's some other factors. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, no worries. There's some other factors about the the research that you do. I mean, I I know that because we've spoken before that you you do interview the owner and and Mm -hmm. you you appear to look for connectivity between the owner and the pet for some reason. Tell us about that. Well, I look for I I really look for. like I said, the pet is a marker in your life. And I ask them, one of the many things I ask them is I want to know where the pet sleeps. I want to know what their routine is. Um, you know, I want to know if they had pets before, if they have other pets, how the pet functions in their life. Do they send it to a daycare? Do they walk it themselves? Do they not walk it? All of that stuff is you know, vaguely interesting to me. But I even ask them what music they love because that's the background of their life. And even though the dog doesn't care or the cat doesn't (laughs) care, the bunny doesn't care, that's who they, that tells me what moves them. Uh And that's really important to me. Um, For instance, there was a, a woman getting married recently and I did a portrait of her pet um, and she actually gave me the wedding playlist that she had chosen, and that's what I listened to while I was doing her pet because that's what she is most enamored with. That's what moves her. It was going to be her first dance with her dad, um, and that's what I played the whole time I work. I play it in the car. I play it in my headphones. Until I'm done, that's what I listen to. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. So you really do you really do uh, put some unique flavor into the work. This is not just a painting, a portrait. This is this is almost like a uh, a full 360 degree recollection of the of the pet's life associated with the owner, right? Yes. Even this woman who was getting married, she had studied in France, and that was a very important part of her life, and she happens to have a French bulldog. And um, the language that's in her painting, um, I actually call them painting prints, and I can explain later why. But um, the language in her painting is in French, and it translates into English. It says, he will never run out of love. And that's for her dog, because she's really at the start of a life with her husband as well. Right. And the dog is pretty young. The dog is about a year and a half. Um, I actually won't do a pet unless it's at least a year old. Oh, I see. Okay. No puppies, no kitties. Uh, because what I'm looking for is the bond between the human and the animal, and there is none at that point. Yeah. Now, uh, have you ever been in a situation where you found... Uh, no bond uh, between the animal and the and and the owner, and refuse to do the painting. Has, have you ever done that? You know, I I haven't yet, thankfully. But the, I have had someone who um, came to me when he before he was purchasing um, a breed dog, and he very proudly told me about 
this purchase that was coming. Um, and I explained to him that I don't do poppies and that it would have to wait. Um, and then he was trying to see if perhaps I could just look at the forebearers of the breed dog and do it that way. And I just simply couldn't. So wow. <laughs> I've had a couple of things. I had someone call me from the UK who just wanted a portrait with no language in it, none. Oh, I see. And I actually gave her the names of three other artists, um, and and I thought she'd be happier with them. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, I'm, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I just want people to be happy. I know. Hey, listen, there's, you know, I love transparency as much as the next guy, you know. <laughs> uh, Andrea, um, for the sake of the audience, maybe you take us through the process because you've, uh, you, you and I have talked about it, and it's a fairly unique process, like kind of the steps that you, that you go through in, in producing uh, the end uh, product. Maybe you'd uh, address that for us, if you would. Sure. It it is very different than anything else that's out there right now. Um, mm -hmm. I was a painter. I was just with paint, uh, with yeah. oil paint, with acrylic, right. and I loved doing that. Um, but I also was an, a graphic designer, and so I was working a lot with computers. And I love Andy Warhol, um, <laughs> hero <Warhol>. since childhood, <laughs> yes. So I was very interested in the way he was so curious about how how art could be made all different ways. And when he passed away, the computers were just starting to happen, and he had one of the earliest computers. And I know he would have just broken the world apart had he survived. And I just started getting very interested in what can be done on the computer. And I see a lot of, quote, digital art um, mm -hmm. created by programs, it's right. using Photoshop, right. um, using a lot of different part Photoshop, part other things. Right. And I wanted to be able to paint and be able to print, but not do a painting where you know what a cliche print is. Yeah, yeah. A print, I didn't want to do a, a, a print that's created from an already existing painting. Right. I wanted to create something very modern through a very modern technique, and I realized I had to create it myself. <laughs> so right. I did. Um, I use I use a computer. I use a something called a Wacom tablet to draw on, um, and I, I don't ever copy... I don't lay a photograph into it. I don't ever do that. Everything is painted by hand. Right. I create a palette just like any other painter. I mix colors. Um, it's very by hand, and it's very, very, very detailed. And I work with a very special printer who does museum-quality prints. Mm -hmm. And all of his um, electronics are digitized to match me. Um, so everything I see and create is created on the other side. Um, and as you know, last night I was at the printer for a mm -hmm. very long time. We had to reschedule this conversation. Yeah. And I supervise every print, and I make sure that it looks the way I see it in my head. Yes. Wow. So what comes out on the other end is on this incredibly beautiful paper, and the colors are just uh, Incredible! They're so lush. Um, you saw, you saw a print. I did. I, I and 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 you know, and I think it, they show well on your website too. Uh, 
you can tell the color just screams at you. It's very unique. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I try. It's it's hard with the website, I think, because you know there's sort of a, a level of color that's yeah. just on people's screens, and it's very different in person. And I've also been printing on wood now in the last year, and that's oh, really? incredible. Yeah. Oh. And I'm going to start printing on metal very soon, which is very, very interesting as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and well, the, the thing is, you know, you, you, you don't, you, you're actually, you don't really stick with tradition. I mean, when you think about it, you know, it's not like you're, you, like people, like, people anticipate that you're going to pick up a picture and look at a look at a dog or maybe study a dog and start drawing him, but. You you do so much more than that, and I I, I really like the idea that you're I, really I interested. <laughs> I am very passionate about it, and my yeah. clients are very very passionate about both art and animals. Um, yeah. I feel like for some people, this isn't their thing. Um, I think they can be perfectly happy with a copy. Um, on canvas, and that will make them very, very happy, and they should have that. But for the person who's looking for something that's very intimate and very modern and really them, then they come to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really like um, I like I like some of the things that I've heard you say, and you're you know you're because you've been quoted, and but the one that the one that intrigues me the most, the quote from you that intrigues me the most, and it seems really deep, and I'm, I'm hoping that you can explain it. I don't begin a portrait I hope so until <laughs> I see my own reflection in the pet's face. That is like that, like that, that that knocks me off my chair. So <laughs> I hope I hope you're armed <laughs> with a comeback. <laughs> well, you know, it's I I think um, I I really think. It's the reflection of their owner that I'm looking for. I'm looking to express the bond between the owner. And in the end, this picture almost has nothing to do with me except that I made it. So Mm. I'm kind of like the construction worker. But I really don't start the picture until I've reviewed, you know, the discussion that I've had with the client, until I've looked at the pictures that they've given me, whatever they have. In the case of the pit bull, that woman, uh, she only had two pictures, and one of them I could barely see. It was black and white. Um, And she described the animal's color to me, and she described the face, and she really described herself. And and I got it, and I knew it was the kind of pit bull. It was a cherry-nosed pit bull. Um, and I was able to sort of, it was swimming in one picture, and I could sort of see its tail, so I could see the top being a different color. Yeah. And I, I, I got it. But yeah. when I when I look at the animal, it's not really till I feel the situation, until I feel the animal's life, and I feel the person, something of the person's life, and their feeling for that animal, then I can start. If for some reason it happens that I can't, then I either need more information or I probably would tell them to go to somebody else. Yeah, interesting. Well, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're about words, art, animal, animals all combined. It's an interesting blend. And, and you know, and those three things, it seems that your whole, they, they are kind of like 
What shall we call? They're staple items in your own life, are are they not? The words, well, the art, the animals, in a sense. So you know, it was always what I was from my earliest memories of being myself. I was, yeah. you know, a, a weird little lonely intellectual child, and I was um, spent a great deal of time by myself, and I was very independent and. The things that spoke to me most were art, animals, and language and writing. And it it still works that way for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost like it's almost like the Jungle Book thing. I'm, you know, pardon me for even going down that (laughs) that slippery slope. But you know, like Mowgli grows up with the lions and things. Like, I almost feel like you've got this. You almost feel like you've got this uh, pact with with that with that. With the animals, you know that that live around you. Do you well, feel that? I, way? Do you feel that way? Or? Yeah, I do. I do because I. Um, that's a, actually a very good analogy because I really felt like in my personal life I sort of raised myself and I felt immediately comfortable and empathetic with animals um, because they're really on their own as well um, yeah. and they're also inherently good. And it really takes the environment to make them bad. Like in the case of pit bulls, pit bulls are fine dogs, um, and it's just the humans that have been around them that have, you know, ruined a lot of their opportunities. Yes. Um, yes. So I kind of, you know, I associate with pit bull, and I associate with all animals because yes. they're pure. Yes. And um, I'm a businesswoman, so I'm not that pure, but... <laughs> um, you know, I, I, my life as a graphic designer taught me to be a businesswoman. I was an art director, and I, you know, had to estimate jobs and deal with a lot of different clients and things. So, I try to bring that um, sort of clear cut what has to get done to something that's very emotional. Mm-hmm. So, because I think if you just are in the emotion alone you can't really create something for someone else. You're just going to sort of fall apart. Wow. That's an, in, that's an interesting explanation because I, I, I often wonder about that. You know, uh, um, I know what drives me as an artist, and I know that I can't get to the canvas and I can't get to the easel unless something kind of triggers inside me and says, okay, Peter, you're feeling good. This is a, this is a moment for you. You need to go and express that i mean you know and like it's not clinical you know it's it's something right. that really is tied to my heart right? right well that's sort of like i can't like you said the quote i can't begin a um a portrait until i feel it yeah. but the thing is i i do enough research and i i let people speak enough so that there's enough room for me to understand hopefully and to feel it um, I had one client who, when I asked about music, I've never had anyone do this before. They just said, I don't like music. I listen to NPR all day. Oh. And I tried a couple of different ways, and it still kept coming out that way. So I listened to NPR the whole time. <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Now, but, you know, yeah. that's <laughs> talk to me about the kinds of reactions that you get when you when you actually deliver this goods, I'm, I'm just wondering what your what kinds of things you're used to seeing. I mean, in, in well, I'm not always customer. there, obviously. Oh, you're not always there. No, That's true, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but um, you know, it has to go in the mail. But yeah. sometimes, you know, if it's it's in the area where I can deliver, I'm happy mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Um, and in person, I have never not given it to someone and not had them cry. Oh, really? So, oh, wow. Yes, honestly. And, oh, gosh. you know, then afterwards when people receive it, I do a check-in to make sure they're happy. Yeah. And, again, they usually are very, very moved. And then I know I've succeeded. If I, I think I've said to you before, if the day comes where they just sort of look at and, and just go, oh, that's nice, what kind of frame should I get? <laughs> I either need to do it again for them Right. Or I made a mistake, and that's not the right client. Oh wow, amazing! Well, I think you know, um, I drew portraits of grandchildren a lot. Like that's I the know. one thing, and I think I think that, like I I think there's a really really close parallel, you know, uh, when a grandparent is looking for some kind of legacy piece uh, on. On someone that's just so new in their life, right? You know, but but somebody that they, they, you know, they're kind of removed from a little bit, and they see every yeah. now and then again. But there's, I, and and I know as a grandparent myself, it's a very un, it's a very unusual relationship, hmm. and I and I and I think, I, I think that's probably the best way I can describe what pet owners go through, right? Uh, I don't actually have a pet anymore. I had a mm-hmm. black cat named Basil, and, and of course, <laughs> I I painted a portrait, uh, a colorful portrait of him uh, for the for my wife because she misses him so dearly, right? Because she was he was her best friend while I while I'm not around, you know, I'm working. So, but I can see that there's this real bond and real, you know, real uh, tie to uh, kind of an an un an unyielding kind of commitment and love that people have for their pets. And I, yeah. I, I see it every day. I think people probably spend more money and more time and more effort on their pets than they do anything else in life. They do. I think they do. I, I just, I think the thing about the grandparent, I'm fascinated by that, not being a grandparent myself. I, I often, you know, I know many grandparents and they yeah. just, swoon over the grandchildren and sometimes I just have myself thought why and you just explained it perfectly and I I do understand you know superficially I understand but I think maybe a grandparent works very quickly in their mind and in their heart to find something about this new person that reflects them and reflects the whole history of the family and will go forward. I tell you what, Um, there's a sweet spot. That sweet spot is, that sweet spot is you see that child and that child now resembles the child that you once had. Yes. Right? And it's like, oh my God, my child just had a child. It's a slap in the face. And at the (laughs) same time, it's this thing about I'm growing old, I'm in the sunset of my life, and I, I want to hang on, and I want to live vicariously through this little person, right? I want yeah. to hang on. Okay. I think there's something in that, right? Because Yes, I, I've and never that, seen that of course, is very different from with pets, because we outlive them usually. Yes, that's but, true. That's you know, true. which is horrible, and it's very, very hard, yeah, and no. I, 
I actually, when I started doing this, I never, I never thought that I would be doing as many memorial portraits as I do. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm really honored to do that because I, I feel like I'm giving them something tangible, mm-hmm. a piece of something tangible, of right. something that exists inside them but yeah. is no longer visible. And right. I, I know a lot of people have said to me, in the death of their pet, some people are sympathetic, they get a card maybe, right, right. and then people are just like they forget about it and they think that they should move on and just quote yeah. another one. And, I, you know, I just did one recently for somebody and she, her pet died, I think, eight or nine years ago and she hasn't gotten another one and she won't get another one because she was so enamored with this yeah. uh, little creature that she can't do it again. Yeah. Yeah, no, for so sure. I, you know, for me, I feel like, oh, do it again. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I just think, do everything again. Just yeah, keep doing stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I respect and understand her feelings. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I, I was, I was a little nervous actually to do hers because I was, <laughs> she would not like it, and you know, it had to be. They all have to be right. But I yeah. was, you know, yeah. this is sort of like very big. Well, uh, yeah, and I know from your Instagram account that you've got two beautiful dogs yourself, uh, assistant number one and assistant number two of the yes, Pet, Pet Studio. <laughs> yes, they're there. And they do, you know, they do assist me, my two, because they, I feel like every animal has every other animal inside of them. So, uh, you know, their presence reminds me of certain things that may or may not go into a portrait, just a, a body gesture or a feeling or something. Yeah. Um, so it's there. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's really, really good. So so tell me, um, what what do you think's next for Pet Speak Portraits? What, what, what's, what's, what lies ahead for you? Well, I'm very interested in doing I'm I'm probably in the next year I'm going to one thing I think you and I know um we've had this conversation like public spaces really really interest me and doctors offices right. um in particular medical offices are really unfortunate places <laughs> um usually just not the best scenario and you know, I my feeling for people is is that the healing, if you're healing someone, you have to take in the whole person. And um, I'm in the USA, and yeah. healthcare here is a very very difficult thing. Yeah. And you know, medical offices are just not often, even the nicest ones are not warm. They're not relaxing or encouraging, and you know, I'd like to set up um, a series of pictures that I do that have language in them that are specifically for these kinds of offices, um, ones that are for children, ones that are for adults. Um, I had done a portrait for someone who was um, a life coach, and I did his dog. He had a big like Labradoodle type dog, and I wrote kind of a, an American version of a Buddhist quote that was just for today, do not worry. Right. And I really felt like, you know, for people who come into his office to see this happy dog sitting there urging them just for now, don't worry, was a good thing. 
Yeah, that sounds unique. Well, you know the the real and you you said you mentioned something in the early on in the conversation about working dogs, service dogs, therapeutic dogs. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of um, a lot of press lately about the uh, the number of dogs that are brought into hospitals to um, soothe aging patients. You know, uh, even if they're dementia-based patients, they still seem to relate yeah. to this dog for some reason. I think so. it's it's very visceral the experience, and I I in the, I don't know if where you are the same, but here in courtrooms there are courtroom dogs and most yes. of them seem to be labs, but um, they're there particularly for children who are giving testimony or people who have been victimized in some way. Yeah, just to make them feel more confident and just make them feel themselves better. Uh, I'm sure they're terrorized, but that, at least that helps. So, yeah, no, for sure. For yeah, sure. so I'm 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 hoping to go forward and and it's really up to me to make these available um, to different venues. And if I get a breath, I will do that. <laughs> I, well, I like the idea. I'll tell you, I think it's a really great idea because uh, I agree with you. You know that most most uh, clinical places are are devoid of anything. Um, you know that that offers your neurological side of of you some kind of happiness, right? As some kind of pleasantry, yeah. you know. It's something alive too, because yeah. you know I I notice everywhere I go what the art is, and right. I, for me, for instance, I go to an allergist every week, and yeah. there's old, ugly prints. They're slipping from their frames a little bit, and there's a yeah. picture of the allergist when 20 years ago he was in a magazine, and none of this makes me feel very good. Yeah. Um, and I go because he's convenient, and his insurance works with me. So, <laughs> you know, and. But, I, you know, I remember taking a friend who had to have some kind of dreadful procedure, and we were sitting in the waiting room together waiting, and there was nothing. There was just nothing, plain carpet, plain chairs, and plain walls. Oh, yeah. And all that was happening was that her anxiety was spilling all over the place, and wow. just nothing warm to make yeah. her, you know, everything just felt bad. So that's how the experience is going to be. Yeah, no, for sure. Andrea, it's been great talking to you, but before we before we say goodbye to the audience, I wondered if you'd please take a minute and um, and let the audience know uh, where they can get a hold of you, how they can see um, uh, what Pet Speak uh, portraits are all about, and mm-hmm. um, and and anything and anything you'd like to add from a from a, a perspective of information about PetSpeak uh, that we haven't uh, maybe touched on. Sure. Um, my website is PetSpeakArt.com, very easy, and um, all the information is there to get in touch with me and email me for questions. I always answer everybody's questions. Um, it's Andrea at PetSpeakArt.com. Perfect. And I know you have got a, a great Twitter account and a great Instagram account, you know, because you and I have been friends now probably since yeah. 2009, tweeting together since then. No, I think I actually it? think it was later than that. Was it later? It seems yeah. like it may as well be because it seems like forever. I seem like I've known you forever. <laughs> I know we're old souls together. We are old souls, and I, I, I know. Lo- I love some of the things you say. I love some of the content you put out. And Thank you know, you. and I, I love your attitude around around this particular uh, topic. Uh, 
and I think it's uh, rather unique, and I think you do bring a really unique flavor to the work that you do, and uh, and it doesn't surprise me that you're successful in uh, in uh, your efforts too. So, well, great thanks. to great oh, to chat I've... with you again. Uh, Coming from you, a... I appreciate it very much. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, I wishing you a, a great weekend, and um, we'll uh, catch up with you again soon. If uh, if if by no other means. Uh, at least on Twitter. Sure, we'll tweet together very yes, soon. Yes, for sure. Thanks, Andrea. Okay. Good night. Thank you, Peter. Good night. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtootall.com for details.